Well, welcome into the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. We're all about connecting the folks of Johnson City to to our small business owners here in our town. And I'm your host, Ryan McKinney, and thanks for listening. Sorry, we got a little mask adjustment today. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome Will Crumley to the show. He's the owner of Foxfire Builders here in Johnson City. Old school Johnson City kid, which we'll talk a little bit about as well. And... Uh, so, Will, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Welcome yeah, th- in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you here. So, we'll get to your business here in a bit. Um, just kind of high level, like tell folks about yourself. Tell tell folks about Will Crumley. Yeah, well, as you said, we go way back because uh, <laughs> we both grew up here and um, went to Southside over here and Science Hill, old Hilltopper, and uh, yeah, I've uh, moved away for a while, came back, and um, just love love Johnson city. I've always have and, um, enjoy living here and working here and yeah. So ETSU grad, right? That's correct. And then career 1.0, I guess, took you out and took you away for a while. Yeah. I, uh, when I was in the construction program over here at ETSU mm-hmm. and graduated out of that and, uh, took a uh, job in Knoxville, the, uh, the big city. <laughs> and, uh, that's where the state <laughs> stops. I thought that's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so did commercial construction down there. Built a lot of uh, built a lot of restaurants, doctors' offices. Um, traveled all over um, all over the southeast there for, with that company, and uh, spent a little time down on the Gulf Coast building um, after Katrina, yeah. um, building high rise condos and stuff, uh, uh, kind of replacement uh, stuff down there, and got my fill of that and. Got married and started having kids and went back to Knoxville for a little while and, okay. and right back to the same company I'd left to go to the Gulf Coast. And then um, the longer we spent there, the more we just like, man, we're so close to home. We might as well just live in Johnson City. That's where we want to be. So so what was it? We got we got some folks that listen to us and they're thinking about moving to Johnson City. And, and so that this may be a, a nice little tutorial for them. What was it about Johnson City that having already lived here, but then also now being young and young professional that you were like, this is why we want to go back to this, this town. Well, I mean, I've always thought that that Johnson city kind of has the full package for me. Um, you know, it's a beautiful place, uh, good people, good culture. Um, the right size town. It's got everything that, that, you know, that I wanted for my family and, uh, not too small, um, to have, you know, limited resources and, um, you know, just, it has everything for me, good schools, you name it. So what was the, um, before coming back here, you worked all over the Southeast. What was one of those favorite cities for you that you loved? Just, man, this was a great place to visit. Yeah. Surprising. It was surprising to me because, uh, you know, you think about the Gulf coast, but I really loved Mobile, Alabama. We lived there for, um, about a year and, uh, we actually lived across the Mobile Bay. Uh-huh. And a beautiful area, Fairhope, Alabama. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. Wonderful place to go visit. Great little resort town. It's cool. It's like, it's kind of like a um, very crafty place. Lots of artisans and artists, and um, was close enough to just hop over the bay to be in Bo- be in Mobile, Mobile, which is a big city, or right. pop down to Orange Beach or somewhere like that to go to the beach. Cool, it's a cool spot. I like that. That's cool. Um, and so then when you returned to Johnson city, you know, tell me, tell me what you did when you, when you came here, where'd you work first? 
So I actually came back here to work with Appalachia Service Project. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell folks about ASP. Yeah, a wonderful organization. Um, was uh, formed in the 60s by a Methodist pastor, um, actually up in Kentucky. The pastor was from Texas, I believe, and um, a guy named Tex Evans, appropriately enough. Nice. And um, so what, what, it, what they do is they bring people to Appalachia from all over the country to try to solve uh, low-income housing. Yeah. And um, it's been going on for, you know, quite a few years now. It's very su- successful. They have, uh, you know, 10 to 14, 15,000 people come to Appalachia from West Virginia all the way down to North Carolina, Tennessee area. And so they're headquartered in Johnson City. And uh, I saw a... Um, I saw an ad for a job as a construction manager. Yeah, there was a a little flood in um, an area of, of Washington County called Dry Creek. Yeah, which I I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, and um, a few years ago, I think it was maybe 2012, somewhere in there. And they had never really built new houses before. Uh, they had always done repairs and brought yeah. church groups and youth groups and stuff to the area. And they had um, taken on the task of that that kind of disaster was a little too small to be recognized federally or even not much by the state. And so they had worked with uh, the county government and uh, gotten lots of private resources, lots of private builders in town to and churches to go out there and build some houses back for people that had lost their houses in that kind of little micro flood, if you will. Yeah. And um, they were, had, were on the back end of that when I came, and they were looking. They had had so much success that they really wanted to continue to find a way to build new houses. And um, so I was luckily lucky enough to find that, have the right credentials to come in and help help build their program to to build houses on a longer term basis. What I've been impressed with with Appalachian Service Project, and if if you guys are not from here, then you won't know these names, but one, I know you're very well respected, very highly recommended. Margie Kendall, mm-hmm. who's been on the show with Margie Foodie, was ASP. Abe McIntyre, you know, right. just these folks that you run into around town. That the other two I've known just a couple of years now, but then you start to see the the pedigree of people that ASP brings in to their organization. Yeah. Um. So uh, for folks that are looking for a, a good uh, opportunity to, to work with or, or maybe to, to learn from uh, Appalachian Service Project. So yeah. So from there, where's your next step? What happens next? So I worked there for um, uh, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, we built around 100 houses uh, while I was there. We went to Gatlinburg after the fire and built some houses. Oh, wow. We went up to West Virginia after a big flood. Uh, up there and built some houses and then built houses in Johnson city, Kingsport, Bristol. Um, so after, after that, it was kind of, um, we kind of built the, built the program yeah. and, um, uh, I loved working there and, and that, that was a great experience for me, but I kind of got to the point where it was time to let some of the guys that, that were coming up underneath me, um, kind of take over. And, um, I was looking for more challenging, uh, construction work because okay. we were kind of building the same house over sure. and over. And that was a challenge at first, but once we kind of hit a rhythm with that, I, I kind of started to feel like I wanted to, to do some more. And so I decided um, a couple of years ago to uh, to go out on my own and, and build some houses um, and do some work, you know, so kind of for myself. 
So then you named that Foxfire Builders. Correct. And so tell me about that name. Where'd that come from? That's unique. So uh, Foxfire is a is a fungus that grows in the woods around here and, and lots of places in the country. Sure. Um, but it is phosphorescent, so it glows in the dark. <laughs> and um, okay. I always liked it. We had it in my backyard growing okay. up, and I thought, well, you know, it glows in the dark. It's it's trying to stand out, right? It's trying to – it's a little bit different. And um, so I, I just – one day that came to me that that's what the name of my business needed to be. And, and um, yeah, and so I just ran with it. That's great. I did not know that story, and um, I've never even heard of the Foxfire – fungus so that's that's really cool yeah. your your motto is built to last lifetimes that's right talk about that why is that important to you so it was it's important to me that um that the work i do and the work that my my people do um is uh not necessarily the cheapest um we don't try to be absolutely the most expensive either but uh one common theme is that we want to make the right choice for our client and for our clients you know dwelling um, you know, we've done a lot of work in the tree streets and, you know, I, I see those, you know, hundred plus year old houses and what was done right on them. And we want to continue to make those decisions in houses, you know, new houses we're building and houses that we repair that, you know, last lifetimes. So I want somebody to come after us and say, whoever did this, I don't, you know, the name's yeah. lost to history, right. but whoever built this did, did it right. You know, and, um, we don't, like I said, we don't necessarily pick the most high-end way to do it but you know i also absolutely refuse to cut any corners that are going to cause a, a a lesser than build you know and um so yeah we try to try to have a high standard of of quality and and um, design you know uh, building design when you were saying the reason why you wanted to own your own business is to get into more of a challenging build and things like that. Describe that. Like why, why was that important to you? And, and what have you been able to do that's challenged you as a, as an entrepreneur builder? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I have a strong, uh, creative streak. Okay. And, um, in order to express that in my field, um, I kind of want to, I want to find stuff that, that takes a little bit of thinking. Um, that's not necessarily the easiest, um, you know, we don't, we try not to do cookie cutter, even when we're building spec houses, we try not to do cookie cutter work. Um, you know, everything's a little bit different. And when we do, you know, remodels and stuff, I, you know, I, I enjoy figuring out and the problem solving and the creativity that lets me, um, that lets me have, even if we're picking finishes or, or whatever, I, I enjoy trying new things, learning about new things and, you know, then trying to go out and try them and use them. So that's cool. Um, while you were saying that, I was thinking like when you said spec homes, I know you built a spec home with uh, Travis Hathaway, our buddy. Absolutely. Uh, who, by the way, if um, anybody's listening today, named Travis Hathaway, it's happy birthday to him. That's correct. So uh, shout out to another Johnson City friend who's who's in our real estate industry. So um, talk about the the nonprofit that you have been a part of and, and that you started. Yeah. Uh, it's called 180 Inc. Um, started it with, um, with an ASP friend of mine, uh, pastor Scott Parker, mm -hmm. uh, of by his blood ministries. He's got a church over here kind of, um, off of Maple street, uh, in, in that part of town. 
And uh, he, he actually worked for me at ASP for a time, and he was, he's been a youth pastor and, and a head pastor. And um, uh, he, he had kind of left ASP shortly after I did. And actually working at, uh, at John Wood's house and uh, doing a remodel for him in the kitchen. And Scott called me up. He said, you know, hey, could you use any help doing, doing demo or something? And I said, as a matter of fact, I've got, <laughs> I've got this little project. You know, if you've got some guys, you know, just send them over. Yeah. And um, so we, we had some of his guys that he's very active in the homeless and recovery communities. And so we had some guys come over and, you know, work with me and um, – do some demo, and then that turned into, you know, uh, hanging some sheetrock, and that turned into painting and trim, and, you know, we were just started teaching these guys. And um, after that project was over, um, we kind of said, you know what, we've we got something here. Um, we've got, as everyone knows, we've got a, a real epidemic of addiction in our, in our community, in our nation, and there's a lot of people that uh, have gone through recovery and um, kind of have some strikes against them. Absolutely. And, and are maybe a risk to right. take on as an employee. And at the same time, we've got in the construction industry and, and in a lot of trades, a real lack of uh, incoming uh, tradesmen. Um, you know, there's just not as many people coming into, our, into you know, plumbing, electrical, you name it. Mm-hmm. And um, we said, well, what if we could, like, take some of these folks that just need a chance and and are already in recovery. And what if we could plug them in with, with professionals in the industry that are desperate for, uh, for employees and for people to train. And so we, um, we started, um, it, it, it's kind of more, it's taken a year or two to kind of come together. Um, but for the last year we've been 180 and, and the idea is that that's, it's a 180 in, in someone's life. Wow. And um, we've had a lot of help. Um, Thomas Fields, at, yeah. at yes, yes. Mm-hmm. has been a, been a huge part of it. Was right there with us from the, pretty much the beginning, um, and has been a strong supporter. And now we've got we've got about forty guys in the program, and we've got eight between eight and ten partners, which is what we call our our, our construction partners. It's mainly construction right now. And um, so we send every day. We send these guys out to to partners to to be trained to learn and to become an employee, and um, hopefully become an employee eventually. Right. And uh, it's a year long program. Um, it requires uh, participants to be in sober living. Um, they have to go to class uh, once a week on Saturday. We teach them personal finance, uh, biblical manhood. Um, fatherhood, how to deal with um, trauma. Um, and we spend a lot of time on them personally, too, as well as, you know, in their burgeoning professional life. Yeah. And uh, we've had, I think we've probably had about 20 guys graduate, spend an entire year in it. Um, I've got three or four full-time employees that have come out of the program. I've got a, a full-time machine operator that runs a skid steer for me every day. I've got a crew leader. Um, I've got a guy that's a full-time carpenter for me now. Um, so it's been a real, like, taking away the the nonprofit aspect, it's been mm-hmm. a real asset to me sure. professionally to be able to develop my own guys. Right. And um, so, yeah, it's something we're, we're really proud of and trying to, trying to grow and continue to get it off the ground. What kind of 
conversations are those like with those guys as they're exiting the program and and saying, "Hey, somebody's giving me a chance." Yeah, you guys have poured into me. Yeah, what what's that like? It it it's pretty amazing. I've had uh, you know I've had parents and, and a lot of these guys, and I say guys, it's it's all men right now. Um, a lot of these guys are in their twenties and thirties, and um, some of them spent time in jail. Almost all of them have disappointed their their parents and family at one point or another. Um, so it's really cool when a dad and mom come up and, you know, want to give me a hug. I've never met them before the day of graduation most of the time. Yeah. You know, they want to come up and give me a hug, thank me. Um, and which, I, you know, I, I usually tell them, well, it was, you know, it was your son that, that did all the work. It wasn't me. Right. I, just, I just gave him a chance. But um, it's been really cool to see people grow and change their lives, hopefully for, for the long run. And, um, you know, become better citizens of our community and um, hopefully become homeowners and taxpayers and, you know, all those things that, that we want um, and that, that we hope for out of our, out of our sons, our community's sons, yeah. uh, to become. So it's pretty awesome. That's been great. So 180, uh, where do they find that for 180? Like Facebook? Yeah, we have a Facebook and, and Instagram page. It's at 180TN. Um, and then we also have a web page that is um, – 180tn.com. One of the things that I enjoyed just as a observer mm-hmm. was his uh, tailgate conversations that, with some of those dudes. I've told him he needs to bring those I back. I think so too. I think that's a huge opportunity. And I know it's kind of, you're kind of in that middle ground, I guess. Maybe some of these guys not super proud of their story. Right. And yet I really feel that's, that's their superpower because right. there's so many people that, would cling to that and want to support them right or are in the situation right or know somebody who is and can say hey oh and it also just brings awareness to to the opportunity of, right. of 180 so yeah i agree those are really cool it that you know almost every single one of the I'll, I'll just go ahead and say every single one of these guys has a powerful story and hopefully testimony to yeah. tell um just how um you know how their lives have transformed how God's worked in their lives, um, you know, getting to know other people in the same exact place that they are, and and li- you know, hopefully, lifelong yeah. friendships are made right. out of this program too, and support. Um, a lot of the guys that have graduated stick around and help the guys coming through the program. Now they go on Saturdays and and kind of are leaders for the for the younger guys or I say younger younger in the program yeah. guys that are coming through a mentoring relationship yeah that's that that's was cool. important for us to have um, because if you don't see the people that have graduated and and are ha- attaining that success when you're in the middle of the program and it's a it's a it's a grind you know yeah. we we put them through a lot and they they have to answer questions every day and they don't make a lot of money they do get paid but they don't make a lot of money while they're in it's it's a real grind and a um, a process and um you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to overcome an addiction. Maybe, you know, one of the hardest things a person can do, sure. um, especially, you know, with the, the powerful, uh, opiates and things that are, yeah. that are, are, are out there now. And so it's, it's not an easy thing. And we've seen, you know, we've seen failure as well as success mm-hmm. and it's, it's heartbreaking, Yeah. but, um, it was important for us to have, to keep, engaged uh keep the guys that graduate engaged keep the employers the partners like me engaged and and really make a community out of it because that's kind of what it takes to overcome that 
right? for a lot of people. So what's your all's vision for 180 and, and what you want it to become? I think, um, you know, and that's developed over the last year, but I really think that the vision is for, for us to set a track record and build this program and then export it to other places that could use it. Um, in fact, we've already had people basically approach us from Knoxville and, um, and even out of the state that have, that have found us somehow and said, Mm -hmm. you know, can we do this here? And so we're really trying to, to build, um, and formalize the program, um, as, as a full nonprofit and, um, and, and be able to say, okay, well, you can start a chapter here. Here's, mm-hmm. here's the playbook. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the ultimate goal is to take it and say, and, and export it to other places and, and say, you know, here's, here's how you do this. And, you know, wherever Knoxville, Nashville, wherever it is. Right. So speaking of vision, like how does, how does Fox fire builders, like how do you see your company's vision over the next two, three years and then moving over the next 10, 20 years? Yeah. I, I mean, we, um, it's been tough to look at the future. <laughs> we've been so busy. I'll be honest with you. You know, it's just kind of, uh, we've just been inundated, uh, the last couple of years with, which is, it's, it's a fantastic problem to have. It's been hard necessarily to look ahead so much. Um, I think for Foxfire, um, you know, my goal is to, I don't think we'll ever be the biggest builder. We're not going to be uh, some kind of national massive company. Um, I'd like to keep it, um, you know, uh, uh, local. And, um, you know, we want to continue to build, um, build, you know, cool stuff and, mm-hmm. and neat projects. And um, we're, st- you know, we're going to, we're going to try to build an affordable house this year, a more affordable house, Talk which about is going to be a challenge. Um so actually Travis and I are going to build it together. Nice. Um, and, um, we picked up a little lot here, uh, close to downtown, um, inexpensive lot. And, um, you know, there's a lot is, as our market has changed. I know you've seen it. Um, being able to, to provide new housing at a, at an affordable rate, right. Uh, at an affordable price has become a real challenge. And so we're going to, uh, we're going to do a little experiment to see what we can do um, with a more affordable uh, house in an existing kind of infill lot neighborhood. Um, I've seen, seen a couple other guys do it and in places, even over in Kingsport, there's a couple Um, and here in Johnson city, there's a couple, but you know, the market's ripe for that people, the demand for housing inside the city limits is so strong. Yeah that a what would once have been considered kind of a marginal lot now um you know i don't think we'll have a problem selling right a house on it so that's gonna be fun actually you know i could make more money doing doing bigger houses but that one actually yeah you know, that's the kind of challenge that kind of the that creativity that you're looking for yeah, yeah. I mean, so make we're this fit yeah so we're uh we're gonna do that and um um yeah see how it goes see how it goes so that's cool talk about like you mentioned like being so busy and, and I think part of that is just this demand for housing due to COVID due to, um, you know, people relocating yeah. the fact that the last 10 years, we've just seen this dip in new construction numbers. Right. Right. Um, to where people are seeking, um, your services. H- how did COVID play a role in what you did? Did it change anything? Did it change your business? 
in in Johnson City? Did it change your perspective on anything? It, um, you know, it was. Uh, I've had an interesting, I guess, experience with COVID um, because we never stopped. Yeah. Uh, in fact, demand probably grew. Right up, yeah. Um, you know, people sitting at home saying, you know, I'd like like to make a move. We're spending a lot more time at home. I'd like to have a. I'd like to have a sauna. I'd like to have a new right. kitchen. I'd like to have, you know, whatever it is. And um, I think peop- I think people's perspectives changed on their homes a little bit and, and kind of what they, you know, at faced with spending more time at home. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to kind of customize their home to be, to be as inviting as possible for them. Right. They're, they're, you know, we've seen a lot of, I call it retreat building, but not in the sense of retreating, but like, um, building your personal retreat, turning your home into your personal, you know, kind yeah. of Zen space. Right. And, um, so we've seen a lot of demand for, for remodels that it's, it's huge. Um, and then obviously people from other markets, um, come seeing, seeing Johnson city, seeing the tri cities as a value, um, compared to where they're at now. And, you know, I think a lot of people figured out, don't necessarily need that brick and mortar office anymore yeah. to do their work. Um, and so you can, you can sell that house in a, in a more expensive market, bank that money, come here and buy a house for half or less, um, have a place that has great schools and beautiful scenery and lots of outdoor activities. And it's a sweet little downtown. And, um, so we've seen a lot of that. That's the words gotten out about, yeah. about our area for sure. That's right. Um, so the affordable house is trending. You know, what else is kind of trending? Lumber prices starting to come down a little bit. Lumber prices are down a little bit. A lot of material is still up. Um, a lot of, like, just odd scarcities. Um, paint has been scarce at times. Yep. Windows. You PVC know, pipe. Yeah, PVC Doubling pipe. the price. You just never know um, day to day what, what's going to be uh, scarce or not. Um, and so, um, the but the trend, I mean, the demand has stayed really strong. Um, and I don't think anybody sees it. You know, I think we've got at least another year before anybody uh, is even going to talk about a downturn uh, as far as new construction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, that's a big plus for, for those of us in the industry to know we've kind of like, we all kind of feel confident. We've got, got plenty of work ahead of us still. How do you, just from a tactical strategy, how do you, Plan your day, plan your week when you don't know if there's going to be the supply yeah. at the house that you need. Well, it really forces you to think ahead. Okay. So uh, previously for, let's say, a, a spec house, yeah. you know, I knew that I could go down here to Builders First Source and, and order my windows and get them in three weeks and no big deal. Now I have to order windows before I even start on the foundation if I want to make sure I've got windows right. for my house when I need them. Yeah. Um, and just the, the overall demand for um, for trades services, you know, I, I just tell people straight up and I try to be honest with them. Like, okay, you know, we'll probably have to wait, you know, for the our, our painter or project, the plumber yeah. or, you know, everybody's busy. So it's, it's made a challenge to... Um, not necessarily for spec houses, oh, sorry, but okay. for, uh, um, but for, for clients to communicate with them and say, and, and communicate expectations and make sure that they're okay with that. Because anybody that wants a quick turnaround mm-hmm. job, it just, it's not going to happen right now. I just don't know. Um, 
there's just not enough electricians, plumbers, heating and air guys, right. and everybody to go around. So it's kind of like hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait on jobs. And and so that's honestly that's been the biggest challenge. It's just you know for me to to, to have to put up with that because I don't get paid until the you know jobs certain percentage done yep. and. Um, you know, clients are, if, especially remodels, you know, if you're in their house and yeah. it's taken six, eight months and they were expecting four months, you know, it's a big, it's a big adjustment. And so I, you know, it's been hard to honestly communicate that enough because it's one thing to say it, but for the, to get the client <laughs> to believe you yeah. it's, and, and know that, yeah, it's going to take, it's going to take longer than you think, um, has been difficult, but. Well, I think consistent communication on your part would obviously be a value proposition of yours. What, what do you say when, when people are like, well, why, why Foxfire? Why, why do I need to partner with you? What's your value proposition? How do you well, sell yourself to folks? I, I tell anybody that's looking at doing business with me, um, that, you know, as much as anything, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that have construction knowledge and, and, but I, I really feel strongly that it's a relationship. You know, if I'm coming, if I'm coming to your home, if I'm going to build you a home, um, we have to have a comfort, comfort level with each other and uh, personalities that are going to be okay to work with each other because I'm going to be in your life for up to a year. <laughs> you right. know, um, I'm going to know what's going on with you. You're going right. to know what's going on with me. It's a real, like I push the relationship side. And that being said, if, if, if there's, if I feel that, you know, that might be a problem, um, you know, I just don't hesitate to tell people like, you know, I don't know that we're going to be a good fit. And, um, some people take that well and other people don't, but I, I feel strongly enough about it that we don't try to force uh, a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's important. Um, you know, I've got enough going on that one bad job can really wreck a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. And for, for me to stay efficient and for, to keep my clients happy and, you know, my wife happy, even, yeah. you know, you've got to, I've got to have a good flow. And if, if I feel like there's going to be one that's a little off, then right now with so much work out there, I, I just, you know, maybe maybe somebody else would be a better fit for you, you know, kind of thing. And that's tough to do. That's that is tough. tough to do. I mean, to turn away business, to, to make that yeah. conversation happen is pretty fierce. Yeah. It, contractors, for the most part, in my experience, um, are people pleasers. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to we want to do what we want to, we want to make you happy. Sure. And because that's a personality trait of a lot of contractors, they have a tendency, uh, myself included to, to want to tell you what you want to hear. And that gets a lot of people into a lot of trouble and, and it's a hard lesson. I still battle with that a lot. It's like, you know, I want to please you. So, but there's a fine line between what I can actually make happen and, and, and what your expectations are. And so, um, you know, the more, I, the older I get, the more lessons I've learned in that regard. And the more I try to push like, okay, you know, uh, this is, this is what's actually, this is what's actually possible. Right. Whether you like it or not, this is, this is what's doable. And uh, that's, it's not always an easy thing to do. And sometimes it means telling somebody you can't do the job or, you know, I tell people a lot, you know, if they say, well, I got to start it in four months, I have to say, you know, I, I don't think I can get there. I'm not know? the guy for you on that one. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, capacity. And that's another hard thing is to like to know how much work you can do with the limited resources that are around. Right. And um, so that's a tough one. That's always something, you know, you have to play with as a contractor is like, I've got a, I've got 
a couple of electricians and I've got a couple of plumbers and they can only do so much of my work. Right. So I have to, to allocate that and, and find that balance so that somebody's not waiting a month for a plumber, um, which happens occasionally. But, yeah. um, you know, we try to limit that as much as possible. How do people find you? Where, where are you at on social, your website address, things like that? How do people get in yeah. touch with you? So I've got um, at Foxfire Builders on uh, uh, both Facebook and Insta um, and then uh, foxfirebuilders.com. On, for on. our 55 and older crowd, Insta is Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Right. Instagram. It's messing. Yeah. I'm not on, uh, I'm not on Twitter or, uh, any of the, uh, the, any of the younger crowd stuff yeah. yet. So that's good. Um, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks I mean, for it's, having me. It's always me. fun to catch up and kind of hear about what's going on. And, and I'd also like to, um, you know, thank the, thank the listener for, for dropping into the show today. Um, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, make sure to check out Johnson City Living. That's our friend Colin Johnson. Talks about everything Johnson City, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the, the restaurants, and, and the people of our, of our great town here. So uh, special thanks also to Market Street Media and our friend Leighton Hart and for romance in your ears today once again. So this is the Johnson City Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McKinney. And until next time, keep living your life by design.